Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Drags and it's Wednesday, September 5th. Time for episode 261 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter at two locations, at CLNS Media in general. And for all of your football coverage, including the Patriots, follow us at Patriots CLNS. Every neighborhood has a heartbeat, a place that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its very core. In Boston's historic North End, that place is Boston Barber and Tattoo. Boston Barber and Tattoo has become a home to A-list Boston celebrities like Gordon Hayward, Milan Lucic, Brad Marchand, and Aaron Baines. Boston Barber and Tattoo is more than just Boston's most well-known corner barber shop. It's also a tourist attraction with the hundreds of thousands of people that visit the North End throughout the year. Boston Barber and Tattoo, a North End landmark that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its core, located at 113 Salem Street. This week, I welcome CLNS media colleague Alex Barth. Like last week's guest, Evan Lazar, Alex is working the Patriots with me. And like Evan, he's a proud graduate of Ithaca College. Bombers, go Bombers, go. Right, Alex? That's right. Roll Bombers is what we say. It's a great day to be a Bomber. Yeah, so it just goes to show you that not all greatness uh, in central New York comes out of Syracuse when it comes to journalism. Uh, Ithaca College has produced more than its own <laughs> uh, outstanding uh, young journalist, uh, yourself included. Let's get in, get on to the uh, big news of the week. It's, of course, uh, opening week in the, around the NFL, week one for all 32 teams. Uh, for the Patriots, that means J.J. Watt. And the Houston Texans come calling to Gillette Stadium. Let's start with this week's biggest news, Alex. The roster cut down to get ready for week number one. I don't think it was really that big of a surprise that Cyrus Jones got cut. Now with the Ravens practice squad, Mike Gillisley in New Orleans. Your thoughts overall on the uh, cut down uh, to the 53-man limit? No huge surprises. I guess some some mild tremors. I think some people were surprised about Riley McCarron, although he's now back on the practice squad. I think some people were surprised about Brandon Bolden. I think some people were surprised they kept Geno Grissom, but that's nothing monumental. You know, it's not going to be changing the odds in Vegas or anything. They have a good roster. Picking up the two wide receivers helped. I'd still like to see them make a move there, but overall, one of the least eventful. And for us working it, obviously, it was nuts, but. Um, in terms of, you know, again, on the heart, on the heart monitor, one of the least eventful cut down days, uh, I can remember, remember in recent time. And it showed you exactly how much talent the Patriots had cultivated in the off season with so many of their guys getting claimed. I think Mike Gillisley is an amazing fit in new Orleans, especially while Mark Ingram is suspended. Uh, Cyrus Jones surprised me. He didn't get 
claim to an NFL roster. He made it to the practice squad, but you know, uh, mental issues aside, that's a guy that has a lot of talent. He can just play football. I'm surprised Ralph Webb came back. I think a lot of people were. He showed some sparks, and I know people will say running backs like that are a dime a dozen, but the fact of the matter is, as we see with the Patriots roster, teams want to load up on running backs because that's one of the most fragile positions. You can be down two, three running backs on your depth chart like that. So uh, the Patriots, they had a lot of talent. They had to let some good players go, but Nothing that should send Patriots fans to the Bourne Bridge uh, in the roster cuts. I I think they did a pretty good job of it. The wide receiver depth was a concern initially. They helped that. So, um, you know, if it's another team, if it's not Bill Belichick, there might be some more questions. Why do you keep a guy like Geno Grissom when you're so loaded uh, up front? Why do you only go in with three wide receivers? But uh, Malcolm Butler decision aside, Bill Belichick's earned himself the right to make the decisions he did and us be okay with it. Well, yeah, and I'd also tell you that Bill Belichick appreciates special teams as a third of his roster more than any other head coach in the NFL. Although what's interesting is, and this is maybe the biggest question mark, and I know we're going to get into that in a little bit, but I guess a little teaser here. They don't really have a defined punt returner, at least until Julian Edelman comes back. So he may have left himself a little thin there. I don't know if it's, it, it may be Darbo. I've heard some people say that, but he doesn't have much experience returning punts. So I can't imagine Bill would put him out there cold week one. Uh, we, my guess would be either Patrick Chung or, or Rex Burkhead is who you're going to see back there. But I'm not thrilled with either of those options. Uh, Matt Slater could be one too. We've seen him do it uh, on occasion. Um, I think it's going to be a situation where Bill's just going to throw whoever back there and tell them to fair catch. Maybe, you know, if he wasn't hurt, we saw some, some, Good hands out of Isaiah Wynn, uh, the in-stadium <laughs> practice. Yeah, I, I think that might be a bit of a reach, but uh, obviously uh, that was one of those bonding moments early in camp, the first right. uh, in-stadium practice uh, for the New England Patriots. I got to tell you, though, Alex, that uh, Braxton Berrios and Ryan Izzo, that was quite the story to follow um, along you know, the cut-down uh, day and how the Patriots maneuvered uh, the injured reserve designated to return rules, um, you know, obviously working within the rules. I asked Bill right. about this on Monday morning, uh, and he said, you know, that's something we obviously have to spend a great deal of time trying to be compliant with the rules as they relate uh, to different player situations uh, and then balancing it against which player you really might want back on the roster or which player, um, you know, you, you're going to say, okay, we can do without him for the rest of the year, a guy like Braxton Berrios and bring him back in 2019. The most intriguing part of that answer to me, Alex, was when he says, and he admits as much in the answer, he says, look, four weeks down the road, we might wish that we had activated a player and not put him on um injured reserve uh, and making him ineligible for the entire season. But that's just a decision we have to make at the time based on the circumstances we face. Yeah. And I I would guess he's speaking about Barrios there. Yep. Uh, Four weeks down the road, I think, meaning if Julian Edelman comes back and he's a little slow to get started, who's going to step in there? Because they, at this point, it really feels to me like they're planning on going without essentially without that role for the first four weeks. It's going to be an offense like we haven't seen in some time. They're not going to have that slot guy be a major part of any part of the offense. I think he'll just come back and assume that role, but I don't see who on this roster right now. I mean, look, could Philip Dorsett step in there? Sure, but he can be used better in other ways. Same could be said about Cordero Patterson. So right now, I think Bill Belichick's just essentially punting on the slot receiver and 
I, I like you said, I think what, what he's saying is if Julian Edelman doesn't come back, he thinks they can get by for four weeks without it. But if Edelman comes back and he's not in shape, yeah, it's going to be really interesting uh, to talk about, well, what could Braxton Barrios have done? Obviously, they still have Riley McCarron on the practice squad, and he's a guy who could do that. But McCarron is not a bad player. I thought Barrios was a better player, and he could do more than Riley McCarron could. So if Julian Edelman can't return to form, and he told us a couple of times in camp that he didn't feel like he was in shape. If he comes back and he's not that guy, yeah, people are going to be second-guessing and triple-guessing the decision to end Braxton Berrios' season before it began. Speaking with Alex Barth of CLNS Media covering the New England Patriots. Guys, I want to tell you about a new wellness brand for men. It's called Hims. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. Thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's just too late. It's always easier, guys, to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair that you've already lost. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any bald spots yet? How will you feel a year from now if it's business as usual up top? Well, there is a solution. It's called 4 It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss, from well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Prescription solutions are backed by science. No waiting rooms, no awkward doctor visits. Order now. My listeners get a trial month of HIMSS for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details. Mind you, this would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 slash trags. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-R-A-G-S, forhims.com slash trag. Speaking again with Alex Barth of CLNS Media covering the New England Patriots with myself and Evan Lazar. Okay, three reasons you think these New England Patriots are destined for greatness again in 2018, Alex. So reason number one is the defensive line, specifically their ability to stop the run. That was where the Patriots really got into trouble last year was... You know, third and shorts, even second and shorts, their inability to contain the run. It's been their problem the last two years. Uh, I think additions like Danny Shelton are really going to help with that. And I think just guys like Malcolm Brown, uh, guys like Adam Butler, even though he's primarily used against the pass, getting a year older. Uh, I'm really excited about what this defensive front is going to do. And then, of course, the linebackers factor in, too. But I think the defensive line, specifically their ability to stop the run, it's going to get the Patriots out of some tough situations defensively that they didn't do in the past. Reason number two they have five wins on the schedule. The AFC East, specifically quarterback-wise, is a joke. And look, Josh Rosen may be good at some point, but, uh, pardon me, uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Oh, uh, yes. I'll get to Allen in a second. <laughs> you know how I feel about Allen. Um, yeah, the guy that the, the, the Jets should have taken was Rosen. The guy they did take was Darnold. And I think he, he may be good at some point, but rookies coming in right away, those guys, the Jets don't have the pieces around him for him to develop right. And that offensive line isn't great. He's going to be running scared. Um, so confident you, in him. I'm going to jump in here. So you don't yep. believe in Tony Romo's gushing analysis of Sam Darnold. I, I love Sam Darnold's upside. I've just seen too many quarterbacks be put in the situation that Darnold is being put in and fail. Um, I just think when you have that offensive line, when you had or lack of offensive line and lack of receivers, and it's you're forced to make guys are forced to make all the plays as rookies. It doesn't go well. I would have loved to see them uh, sit Rosen for or sorry, sit Darnold for a year, 
let him learn an NFL offense in practice and then maybe start him in year two. But um, I think he's going to have a, a big growing curve this year. I don't think Josh Allen's that good. I think he has a cannon arm, but not much else. Uh, he's not quite Ryan Mallett, but I'm not sure what the build. They were a playoff team last year with Tyrod Taylor, and I think A.J. McCarron right now would have been a better option too. again, let the rookie sit and learn instead of having get him chased around in game action, throwing to a bunch of nobodies. Uh, that can't help the development. And then Ryan Tannehill is what he is. He's a below average quarterback. So the Patriots usually lose one divisional game, but I'm going to say five wins on the schedule for the Patriots. Reason number three is a twofer, Brady and Belichick. As long as those two guys are in New England, they'll always be the favorite in the AFC. It's that simple. I really don't disagree with that. Uh, I would start with uh, your number three is my number one. I think they, as long as those two guys... Oh, I didn't know I was going in order. I was trying to save the best for last. <laughs> no, but I'm just telling you that of, the, yeah. of those three, the last one you just named would be uh, my first oh, yeah. and foremost reason. Probably yours, too. I mean, I, I don't see how it wouldn't be the number one bullet uh, in terms of reasons for optimism on any checklist for anybody evaluating the Patriots. As long as Belichick uh, is running the team and Brady's you know, standing... And playing, right. uh, I can't imagine this team really struggling to get to the playoffs. Um, you know, point number two to me is, like you said, the depth of the defensive line. I just think they're going to be able to do more up front than they have in the past four to five years. I have not yep. seen a defensive front uh, here in New England be able to uh, swap out guys to stop the run and push the pocket backwards. I say push the pocket backwards because getting after the passer can sometimes, I think, be overrated. When you're going against a guy like Deshaun Watson, who they will be facing on Sunday at Gillette, the idea is not necessarily to chase him all over the field, right? Like with Cam Newton in right. preseason game number three, the idea is to push the pocket, make it uh, harder for Deshaun Watson to get to the edge, keep your containment lanes, and make sure uh, that you have coverage downfield. I mean, uh, to me, that's the, the strategy that you employ against uh, Billy O'Brien's offense on, on um, Sunday. And point number three for the Patriots, I think, is... Uh, has got to be their versatility on offense. And we say that with them having only three proven receivers, with Cordero Patterson being one of the quote-unquote proven commodities at receiver. But uh, I just like the way the Patriots are going to be able to go into the season uh, running the ball and passing the ball with a very good balance. And as long as Gronkowski is out there, Gronk doing his thing, I think this offense is again going to put up 28 to 30 points a game. And I think this is going to be a really fun offense to watch. They tried to do it last year a little bit, and, and Brandon Cooks proved to be a bit too fragile. But go back to that offense like they ran in you know 2001, Brady's first year, using a lot of jet sweeps, using a lot of screens, double moves, those kind of things. Uh, I think Patterson's just built better for that than Brandon Cooks. He's got a lot more size to him. I think they're going to have a lot of fun with him on end arounds, uh, wide receiver screens, using him out of the backfield. I think we could see him used in a similar role to which they used Aaron Hernandez. Remember when he used to line up in the shotgun with a running back? Um, I think people are really underselling what Cordero Patterson's going to do for this team. Not necessarily as a traditional wide receiver. I don't know how much he will be in that role as the guy who's going to run, you know, a 15-yard post, a 7-yard out, what have you. But there's a lot of ways they can use him, and I'm sure Josh McDaniel's going to use every single one. RX Bar is whole food protein bars with simple, real ingredients. RX Bar wants to build things the right way. RX Bar believes in the power of transparency 
and lets the core ingredients do all the talking with all of them listed on the front of the packaging. You'd likely recognize RX Bar at the shelf. They're the ones who have egg whites for protein, dates to bind, nuts for texture, and other delicious ingredients like unsweetened chocolate, real fruit, and spices like sea salt or cinnamon. Turns out real food ingredients actually taste really good. RX bars are gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. And I've got to tell you, my personal favorite is the mint chocolate chip. It tastes great. There's no aftertaste. And most of all, it gives me the protein I need when I'm going out for a run or covering one of those many night games that will be coming up in the 2018 <laughs> Patriots season. It's a good problem to have, but still, RX bar is a good product to have when you're trying to Get through that late afternoon grind. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash trags. That's rxbar.com slash trags and enter the promo code trags, T-R-A-G-S, at checkout. Well, Alex Barth, we went over the five reasons for greatness and optimism. You know, we, there is a flip side of the coin, right? Of course. So, it wouldn't be New England if there wasn't. That is darn straight tootin' as we like to say uh, in the Midwest. Uh, three reasons you think this Patriots team won't make it back to the Super Bowl and might have legit trouble in the postseason. Mind you, the playoffs are an assumption almost every year with Belichick yep. and Brady. So I guess reason number one has to be injuries, right? They don't have a lot of depth behind Brady. They obviously have no depth at wide receiver. They have very little depth in the secondary. Uh, I know it's a cop-out answer, but it's real. The Patriots have a very talented roster, but there are certain positions, certain very crucial positions that if they lose a guy or two, it's going to be a completely different picture. So staying healthy is big, and I think Bill needs to be a little less cocky this year in terms of we see him sometimes up 30 points in the fourth quarter, starters still in. He's got to protect those guys this year. He's got to protect the guys like obviously Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, but uh, even a guy like Chris Hogan who has a history of getting dinged up. Stephon Gilmore, Devin McCourty, Donta Hightower is a big one. Uh, Bill's got to be careful with those guys this year. Understand in certain games when he has them in hand, uh, get that second unit on the field. Reason number two for me would be the wide receivers. The Patriots are going to be good. I think I think people are overselling how much of an issue the wide receivers are. But if we're talking about them reaching a Super Bowl, we saw what Brady was right in 2013, the year with Kembrell Tompkins and Josh Boyce. That's not a group that's going to get him to a Super Bowl. If somebody doesn't step up, whether it's really down at Dorsett or Patterson, if one of those guys doesn't step up or maybe one of the new guys – it's going to be tough once you get into January and you have to play, uh, you know, a Pittsburgh. I mean, that's really it. When you have to play Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is going to be a pretty good team. Maybe Jacksonville. You're going to need your wide receivers to make plays. Brady can do most of it, but he can't do all of it. So I am a little worried uh, about the wide receiver situation. And number three would be the schedule. I just think this is a much tougher schedule than the Patriots have had the last two or three years. And is there going to be some resistance playing easy opponents for most of last year, going in and have to grind out games? That's That wears on you. That's, that's going to wear on a team. So we'll see. It, it, some of the teams are, are question marks that, that appear tough, but maybe they won't be. But uh, a tougher schedule. The Patriots are going to have to – put out more more energy, use use more in the regular season than they did last year, and we'll see how that, and if that bites them in the playoffs. So I'm going to give you a uh, team to look out for, and people are going to say, here comes Trags with the homer call. The Bengals? I do think the Bengals are going to be significantly improved, and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have big-time big internal issues. I think the Le'Veon Bell not reporting to the team, I think that's a big problem. Uh, and I think, arguably, he's your best player. I mean, 
people are going to say, well, no, Ben Roethlisberger is your best player, but I don't know about that. I mean, anybody- I mean, I, I would say Antonio Brown, they, they have issues, but at the same time for me, I think a lot of the people in that building know those issues there. It's kind of like where Patriots fans are with Tom Brady now, right? It's coming. There's going to be an issue and it, it's, it's coming, but right now it's all just speculation. Bell's contract is up at the end of this year. This is the last year they have that core group together. So I think people in Pittsburgh as nasty as it may be I think there's an understanding there that this is their last chance to get a ring so you need to sort of put that all aside for four months and then it can all blow up well yeah but you say that Alex but shouldn't Le'Veon have and and the Steelers for that matter try and tried like around the clock the last month to try and hammer something out to get this done I mean one of the one of the two sides is being incredibly stubborn and I'm not close enough to the situation to uh, say who might be more stubborn than the other, but clearly um, somebody's not coming to the the bargaining table in good faith. I don't think. I mean, I I think they can get by without Bell. To me, it's it's more Brown. Those receivers, those are the guys who are going to get it done. Uh, obviously, Le'Veon Bell is a great player, but I, I based on the rest of the AFC, I think Jacksonville's due for a regression. I just think I do too. offensively they played above what they're capable of doing on a consistent basis last year. Defense is still good. No, they that should still win that division. A, that is yeah. a Super Bowl defense. Let's, they should let's still win that division, ourselves. but I think they're due for a bit of a regression. I mean, really, who else was there? We'll see what Deshaun Watson is, but he's coming off, off an ACL. They still have some issues defensively, as good as their front is. Um it really, even without Le'Veon Bell, I think we should see again the Patriots and Pittsburgh in the the last uh, second last week of January. The question for me is, will that game be in Pittsburgh this year with the Patriots' tougher schedule and, and the Steelers having a relatively easy schedule? I know you said about the Bengals, but uh, I don't think they're going to be great this year at all. Uh, I think the Ravens, depending on what happens with their quarterback situation, they could struggle. Um, the Browns are the Browns, obviously. So the Steelers have some built-in wins as well. I think it's going to be a little closer this year. It was pretty close last year, but I think it's going to be close this year, and I would not be shocked. I mean, it's September 3rd, so injuries and all of that can happen. Mm-hmm. I would not be shocked if, if we go into Week 17 not knowing where the AFC Championship is going to be or if it's if the Patriots have to go to Pittsburgh for that game. So I you wouldn't think, be surprised by that. So you think there's legitimately going to be more drama in the AFC this year for the Patriots than in years past? Yeah, less overall drama, but I think more drama for the top spot between the Patriots and the Steelers. I think after that, Jacksonville hung around last year. I think it's going to be similar to last year without Jacksonville kind of hanging around in that third spot. Remember, Jacksonville, until I think week 16, had a legitimate shot at a bye. So there was that three-team race for a little bit. I don't think we see that this year. Fair enough. I'll buy that. And I don't know what you're thinking with the Bengals. I mean, with Dalton and with that defense, and again, Marvin Lewis. As long as Marvin Lewis is there, I won't believe in that. Okay, so let me. here's the nickel and dime read on the Cincinnati Bengals. If the offensive line is mediocre, I think that team's going to win 10 to 12 games. I think the defense is young and fast, and their secondary is very, very good. And they just locked up two of the best uh, interior, well, two of the best defensive linemen, pass rushers uh, in the NFL in, in Dunlap and, and Geno Atkins. I think I, you're sleeping on the Cincinnati. I, I think 10 to 12 wins doesn't give you drama with the Patriots. I think they don't have it for that. Remember what we said about Brady and Belichick 
it's it, the antithesis of that is is Dalton and Lewis. I think they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a coach. The other pieces are in place. They they may end up being okay, but no quarterback and no coach that spells trouble. I was shocked the Bengals didn't draft a quarterback this year. I, I know Dalton's got that fat contract, but I, I test, you have to understand that he's not going to be the answer. I think Andy Dalton's a lot better than you, you give him credit for. I think he's had AJ Green. He's had some great receivers. Yeah. He's had some great offensive have weapons. They really seen haven't done much. Their offensive line the last two years, Alex? You have, it, right? I mean, it's, it's been the worst, arguably, it's been, it's been the bad. worst offensive line in football. But he's had the weapons around him where I feel like they should, they should, he should have done more than he has. Like he's got Tyler Eifert, he's got Joe Mixon, he, he had Giovanni Bernard, he had Jeremy Hill back when Jeremy Hill was one of the best running backs in football. Um, I, I think he, with all the weapons that they have, the offensive line isn't great. But, and again, this kind of ties into Lewis. I think a good coaching staff, the Patriots have had times where they've had a bad offensive line and they've gotten creative with what they did offensively and, and didn't necessarily nullify having a bad offensive line, but worked around it. Uh, you will probably watch the Bengals more than I do, so I can't say this for sure. But from what I've seen from them, they're just trying to throw the ball deep to A.J. Green every time, regardless of what the offensive line is going to do. And that's not the recipe. If if you're going to play like you have an offensive line that can support the deep ball when you don't, you're going to look bad. They are they are switching to a West Coast style. And that should help. That should I help. I think it will help. Guys, I want to tell you about a great premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. It's called Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and even sweatpants that you'll ever wear. They want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you. No questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. It's good for working out, going to work, going out on dates, or just everyday life. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code PB at checkout. Again, 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com. The promo code that you enter at checkout is PB. Speaking again with Alex Barth, my colleague at CLNS Media covering the New England Patriots and many other New England sports, but specifically the Patriots in the fall along with Evan Lazar. Let me give you three players that stood out the most. Alex, and I want to get your read on these three players because I think okay. uh, they could play an integral role in what the Patriots uh, do on the defensive side of the ball. Juwan Bentley, J.C. Jackson, and Adrian Claiborne. Yeah, so I'll start with Bentley. I was really impressed with what I saw from him. I think coming out, there's certainly comparison to him uh, for him with Elandon Roberts in that. And I know Elandon Roberts hasn't necessarily turned into this guy, but I think there was a belief that here's a guy that's proven to be a good leader. His football IQ is through the roof. He amassed 100-something tackles. The game they scouted him was against a triple option offense. He played exceptionally well. And the idea was, okay, this guy has everything that you can't teach. So if we bring that in and put him with our coaches, in theory, he should become a great player. Ultimately, I don't think he developed the way they planned on, and he hasn't quite lived up to what they hoped on. But for a seventh-round pick, you take that risk. I think Bentley's a very similar guy, but he's absorbed a bit more of what's going on around him, of what they want him to do, and he stepped into that role. I wouldn't be surprised if, not necessarily right away, but by end of October, beginning of November, we're looking at Juwan Bentley as the main inside backer alongside Dante Hightower, and Roberts is coming in to kind of give him a breather. 
So I, I think what Bentley is going to add to this team, and it, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, the ability to stop the run, the increased ability to stop the run, Bentley's going to play a big part in that uh, as long as as well as some of those other defensive linemen. J.C. Jackson, I'm interest, it's interesting to see how they're going to use him. Great athlete, a lot like Keon Cross, and I, I think him and Cross are very similar. So I was surprised they kept both over a, a bigger corner like Ryan Lewis or a guy like Cyrus Jones who can return kicks. But they have a lot of athleticism in the slot. I would guess both guys will play special teams. I think it's kind of which guy goes into that Johnson Batamosi role of, you know, if a guy's getting beat up and down the field by a receiver throughout the game, you put that guy in, he's the change of pace corner, give the receiver different looks. And it maybe it will just be Jackson and Cross and going back and forth in that role so a receiver, multiple receivers can't get a read on them. But J.C. Jackson is going to be an interesting guy to watch. He keeps the undrafted streak going. I think that was attractive to Bill Belichick. Maybe not much, but I think it was. Um, but he did he did earn the spot the way he played late in camp. I think him and Crossing together, seeing how Bill uses those guys, knowing how they used Johnson Batamosi last year, that's something I'll be watching heavily on the defense the first couple of weeks. Yeah, so uh, third was Adrian Claiborne. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he could do. He had five sacks in one game last year against Dallas, which kind of inflated the numbers. I think people got a little too excited when he signed the contract. But what the Patriots are getting with him is a reliable veteran pass rusher, and it reminds me he's a better player, but it reminds me of the situation when they brought Andre Carter in. That must have been like, what, four or five years ago now, the former great San Francisco 49er. He had some great years in San Francisco, wasn't quite the same guy when they brought him in, and uh, I'm not quite sure if Claiborne's the same guy that he was when he was picked in the first round out of Iowa however many years ago, but he's been through the gauntlet. He's going to contribute, too, on third downs. He's got a cache of moves he can use that he's been building. He's been perfecting all his years in the league. And again, like Carter, when he came in on third down, there was just this sense of confidence that not necessarily there was going to be a sack, but there was going to be somebody who was going to create an issue. I think Adrian Claiborne on third downs this year is going to be a, a sense of security for the Patriots knowing, okay, He's a guy that you know. He might not get to the quarterback every time, but he's going to get close. He's going to have the potential to draw holding, get a sack, get a hurry every time out. I love that they went out and made an effort, it seemed like, to get a veteran. They have a very talented group rushing the passer, but it's a very young group. I love that they went out and got a veteran like Claiborne who has experience in the playoffs, who has experience in different system against, systems against different kinds of opponents to come in and mentor this young group. Claiborne's going to make a difference this year, and honestly – Maybe more valuably, he's going to be making a difference even after he's gone from New England based on what he's teaching these guys lately, what he's teaching guys like Dietrich Wise and Trey Flowers. All right, Alex, we wrap it up with a fearless prediction. I want a record and how far they get in the postseason. I'm probably leaning closer to 12 this year. I was closer to 14 last year. Uh, they do have the tough schedule, but again, the five built-in wins in the division. It's going to be a, a tougher season than last year. There'll be a lot of closer games, but... I haven't met 12 wins this year that should win the division, that should win them uh, a bye. I don't know if it necessarily gets them the home field advantage, although more likely than not, I think 12 wins gets them there. And I, I think they get back to the Super Bowl. I'm not necessarily going to predict a Super Bowl win this far out because I think there's a lot of teams in the NFC with major question marks. But I there's not a lot of talent in the AFC right now. I think they're in a very similar situation to the Boston Red Sox in that they're going to roll through. And it was similar to what they did last year. They're going to roll through the regular season because they're not really – they record-wise, they're going to be much better than all the teams they're playing. 
we're not really going to get a beat on them until late in the playoffs because like the Red Sox with the Astros and, and like it's going to be with the Patriots and the Steelers outside of that, uh, we're not going to get too many good measuring sticks. I think Minnesota will be a good one. Obviously, Pittsburgh, Green Bay and Jacksonville. They play other good teams, but those are really the only four teams I think we're going to get the only four times we see the Patriots up against elite, elite competition. So those are the four games to watch. But if they can take care of business in those, if they win three of those four, I'm going to feel pretty good about the Super Bowl. I like them to go 11 and five. Uh, and Ooh, like, off year. Yeah, and I like them to get uh, to the AFC Championship. They squeak out another win in the AFC Championship. But I don't see them winning the Super Bowl. I I just I love that it's September third, and we're yeah we're just like yeah okay we'll see who they play in the Super Bowl. I just we are so and people give Patriots fans crap for this all the time, and sure some people don't get it. I'm 24 years old. I didn't necessarily suffer through the Patriots teams of the 60s and the 70s, but uh, I. I, I, I think everybody needs to stop and appreciate, especially this time of year, right before we get into the season, there are people hoping that their team is above 500 for the season. They just want to get eight wins so they can have a decent fall. Uh, and we're talking about the Super Bowl. I want every Patriots fan to just take a step back and appreciate that and what we're seeing with Tom Brady and what we're seeing with Bill Belichick because it's going to be gone very soon. And we're going to be those fans that are wondering if our quarterback's going to throw under 20 interceptions and wondering if we'll actually have a competitive divisional race in December. So I know it's been uh, everybody's been at each other's throats this offseason and, and maybe rightfully so. But uh, just the predictions remind me just again, 11 wins is, is an off year. Every Patriots fan just needs to understand that and appreciate what we're getting to witness because we've never seen dominance like this in North American sports before, at least in team sports, and we may never see it again. Want to thank everyone for downloading today's podcast. Want to thank our terrific guest, my colleague, Alex Barth from CLNS Media. Want to also, of course, thank our sponsors, Boston Barber and Tattoo, Mac Weldon, 4hims.com, and RX Bar. For producer Michael Angie, our executive producer, Larry H. Russell, and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media.